Hi, and welcome to Two Sober Chicks. I'm Lisa. I'm Julie. Today's podcast is going to be listener question day, and we picked two questions to address on this podcast. Right on. So Julie just got back from up north. You look uh, rejuvenated and refreshed. Thank you. I went to an amazing AA meeting up there yesterday. They did a format I've never seen before. Oh, really? So first of all, they opened the meeting and they said, if you've been drinking today, please listen, no sharing. And I was like, interesting. They said you can approach a member after the meeting to talk to you about whatever you're going through or any questions amazing it was a closed discussion i wish people had said that when i'd gone to meetings in early recovery could have saved a lot of time for people yes (laughs) because you know when you're new in sobriety it's all misery and uh, you're morose and it's all about you yeah so that's all you talk about yeah so that was cool yeah and then we read uh into action and we started reading the big book but what happens is after each paragraph anybody can break in for a share So the paragraph finishes and you're like, you know, my name is Julie, I'm an alcoholic. And then you can share on what's just been read. And you can share more than once. Now it was a small group. There was like eight of us. But it allowed for everybody to give feedback on any given paragraph for whatever came up. Ooh, that's cool. It was very cool. And I sat beside a guy that was there for his first meeting ever. So it was because it was a small town. um, Well, all AA meetings that I've been to have been in church basements. But Mm -hmm. on the main floor was this like... It was like a country karaoke session. And it, w- it was like from a movie where it's like a smoky bar and there's like two people there and one of them's passed out drunk on the table. And it's like this croony kind of a country, backwoods, folky. And I, so I said to the guy next to me, what's going on up there? He's like, I don't know, this is my first meeting. I go, your first meeting here or like ever? And he goes, ever. I'm like, good for you. How's it going? Like he just had that like deer in headlights look. Yes. He's just kind of looking around at everything. As we all do when you walk in the first time and you're wondering, is it a cult? Yeah. <laughs> you know, what's really going on Well, here? and I couldn't help looking when we were reading through the big book and the shares, listening and seeing through the eyes of a newcomer. And mm-hmm. it changed everything. Yeah. Because a lot of us were saying, you know, step four, five, and six. He doesn't know what that means. Exactly. And what does that mean? So when I commented on five and six, and or six, five, six, and seven, I'm like, you know, five, telling someone your inventory, six, being ready for your character defects to be removed, and seven, asking for them to be removed. Right. Like I was conscious of what he might see and hear. That he would be oblivious to what these numbers mean and how they yeah. relate to, yeah, your spiritual progress in your life. Yeah. Cool. So super cool. That's awesome. So back, back. Do you think he'll city. be back? Do I think he'll be back? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> did he Did he have a good meeting? Like, did he? Did I don't know. Talk I got out after? of there pretty quickly. There were several people that came over to talk to me after, and mm-hmm. I was just kind of, you know, because from the cottage to the meeting, that's like an hour and 15 minute drive. Yeah. So I was just kind of like over it. And then on the way back, I saw a moose just yeah. walking on the shoulder of the side of the road. Things uh. freaking huge. <laughs> I saw all kinds of eyeballs in the ditches, like looking at me as I was driving into the cottage. Yeah, you got to be really careful up there, up north, of what can dart out onto the highway because yeah. it could be bigger than your car. <laughs> the moose was. Yeah. I was like, at first I thought it was a donkey. That's when my brain, I was like, <laughs> what the fuck is that? Because I went by it pretty quick. And in my head, I'm like, donkey. And then in my head, it was like horse. And then in my head, I was like, oh no, moose. Canada, Julie. Canada. Canada. Although, there is a camel up there. Is there? Yes. Like on someone's farm? Just on someone's farm with a horse. I thought you meant running loose. No. (laughs) That's a cruel prank. 
somebody let it loose up there that's horrible anyways i digress yes all right yes so that's good i'm glad you had a great time and that sounds like a cool and interesting meeting yeah i'll have to go sometime and check it out yeah what town was it in um i was i'm my cottage is in magnetowan the meeting was in Perry Sound, okay. and it was in between the two. So I think like Sundridge or Wabamick or something. Isn't that amazing? Like there really are AA meetings pretty much everywhere you go. Almost everywhere. Yeah. Unless you're maybe in none of it. There might not be one up there, but never know. there probably is. There's meetings in uh, Ghana. When I was at the World Conference, they talked about the latest translation of the big book was in Twi which is like this tribal language in some little place. And I think it was Ghana. I can't remember. That is so cool. But I was like, what? That's amazing. That is amazing. Yeah. Yep. Still works. Yeah. All right. So okay, listener, listener question. Um, okay. We have some emails from listeners. And by the way, thank you so much. You can email us your questions or your comments about the uh, podcast, the number two, and then it's soberchicks at gmail.com. And we will uh, get back to you, or we will also discuss your questions on air. And if you don't want to be identified, then just let us know. We usually stick to the AA principle of first names only. Mm-hmm. All right, so this first question, I'm not going to say the name, but I'll say where it's coming from, because they're both from the same state. Okay. Both of our listener questions today are from California. That's interesting. Hello, Americans. I love you. <laughs> uh, okay, so the question is, have have you <laughs> did I learn how to read at some point in my life you did just graduate didn't you <laughs> okay this person said that they wanted to suggest a topic which is something they've been dealing with since they've been in AA and it's about family members being against your sobriety and your program hmm. um so this particular listener said that her mom has not been understanding of her need and desire to be an AA and thinks if she just stays home and does what she needs to do, she'll be fine. <laughs> and I can relate to that. Wow. Um, okay, so different, different experience um, for different people, right? Everybody has a different experience. I, I had friends who told me for the longest time that they didn't understand why I went to AA. They didn't think that I was an alcoholic. And um, they they blamed it all on my ex-partner at the time. You know, it was her problem, not you don't have a problem with drinking. But a lot of those people drank like I did. Mm. So, you know, when you're looking at the pot and saying, no, it's not black, kettle, then it could be difficult for some people. So that's one one reason why sometimes people have a difficulty. Another reason is um, just plain old-fashioned jealousy of time. All of a sudden, you're not as available anymore. So um, I know that was another thing that happened in early sobriety for me while I was still in that relationship. Um, All of a sudden, my Friday and Sunday nights were reserved for AA. Um, And then that started to get in the way because I was getting better. I was getting healthier. And then my partner wanted to spend time with me. But yet Friday nights, I was busy. Um, And that was really uh, a difficult time because, of course, I wanted to spend time with my partner. So what ended up happening for me is I started to go to AA less and then I stopped getting well. (laughs) So I ended up spending more time with my partner, but then I ended up going back to my old ways, my old thinking Mm -hmm. and my old habits and the relationship ended up ending. Um, Do you have an experience with this, too? I do with family. Mm -hmm. Uh, My mom in particular, I don't think... I still don't even know if she gets it or believes it, to be honest. Yeah. She was very uh, doubtful about me being an alcoholic at all. 
I hid it very well. So it took a lot of people in my life, even the man I was married to, to be like, are you sure? Yeah. And I mean, I don't know anybody that just sort of make, I'm sure there are people that make it up. Um, but I don't know. I've never met anyone who ends up in the rooms of Alcoholic Anon- Alcoholics Anonymous because they think maybe they might have a problem. Yeah. I mean, that's not true. Lots that of sticks pe- around. Lot, yes. Yeah. You'll know pretty soon, I think. Yeah. Um, once you hit the rooms but we don't end up there because we think we drink like a normal person and we just want to check it out Mm -hmm. we end up there because we're like I think there's something wrong so my mom was super doubtful about it I wouldn't say unsupportive just sort of like I don't know yeah Um, and I know I can't remember who it is now but there were people in the family that were like don't you think she's exaggerating like does she really know my husband at the time actually said are are you sure maybe you just like therapy like maybe that's what it is right so, and then I, I was a little bit, you know, upset or defensive at first, but now mm. I don't care. Because the only person that needs to believe that I'm an alcoholic is me. That's right. And my sponsor. That's it. Yeah. So I think it's because I don't fit what a lot of people think an alcoholic looks like. Yeah. And people in the rooms have said that to me, which is kind of Odd. interesting. Yeah. yeah. But it reminds me of like when women first started coming to the rooms of AA and men told them that, uh, Oh, sweetheart, you can't be an alcoholic. Right. Like, I drink, I can't remember what the saying is, something like, I drink more than... In a weekend than you have in a lifetime kind of thing? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I Your think family was always on board? I, they, were, they were shocked, too. You know, like, because again, like you, I hit it fairly well. Um, and because I didn't get completely out of control when I was around family. Now, I remember my one sister saying, I wondered because you'd go to the fridge eight, ten times. Like, can I have another beer? Can I have another beer? And I'd be like, yeah, okay, where are you putting them? <laughs> she said, I just thought maybe you were leaving half-empty ones around the house during a, you know, a family function. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, my sisters drink like normal people. They have two drinks, and then they feel it, and then they stop. I'm like, ooh, that's when it was just kicking in for me. Yeah, that's when I get started. <laughs> yes. Um, so, but no, they never... I mean, they they were always supportive in the way that they never told me to not go to AA. Um, I don't know if they understood it. And nobody in my family has felt the need to go seek help for themselves to understand it. They just see that I am happier, that my life is on track, yeah. that I am well-adjusted. And whatever that is that's helping you do that, Lisa, keep doing it. You know, good for you. Um, something else you said about, about families and and your mother and anyway the thought I think the thought is gone now yeah um but Al-Anon is another suggestion like if you are having difficulty with your family members uh you know it might be easier for them to hear um what is an alcoholic and how to help an alcoholic um through someone else not you so recommending like why don't you check out Al-Anon yeah yeah. See how that goes for and you. And see if it is for you. Or, you know, just, you know, simply say, this is what works for me. And, um, you know, maybe the reason why you're thinking that I'm not an alcoholic is because you uh, are judging me based on your own stereotypes. What does an alcoholic look like to right. you? What do you think an alcoholic is? Yeah. Because there is one sitting right in front of you. Um, but like a lot of us, when we first came in, we thought, well, I can't be an alcoholic. I'm not homeless. I don't live under a bridge. I'm not drinking out of a brown paper bag. Um, and, and there are different types of alcoholics. There are people who didn't ever drink at work. There are people who couldn't go a single day without drinking. There are other people who could go four or five days without drinking, and then they binge. 
And yeah. once they start, they can't stop. You know, and they'll drink for four or five days straight. So there's all different types uh, of alcoholics, I think. Yeah. And that also um, can confuse people at first when they come in. Yeah. Well, and the notion that, well, that last part, if you just stay home, if you just stay home and do what you need to do, you'll be fine. <laughs> like, by the time we end up in the rooms, we've tried everything. Yeah. We've tried everything. And someone that says that just doesn't get that it's not about control. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not the, the choice with an addict is a really murky sort of water to go into because at the end, most of us didn't feel like we had a choice. We were ruled by our addiction. Yeah. So I also have to accept that people say and do things from the level of their own growth development and perception. So it's not our job to convince other people of anything that's going on. Mm -hmm. And I can understand where some people are coming from. If she's never dealt with an alcoholic in her life, she doesn't know what that looks like. She's going to look at her daughter and say, sweetheart, just stay home and do what you're... It's like the equivalent of saying, um, just have a couple of drinks. Like, don't have more than two or three. Yeah. It's like, okay. That logic worked. That helped. My ex used to say, why can't you just drink water in between? And in my head, to be like, that would ruin everything. What do you mean? Yeah. That doesn't make any sense to me. That does not compute. Yeah. It's like she was speaking a foreign language. So yeah, it's just probably um, she doesn't understand where you're coming from because it's not her experience. Maybe you need to understand her experience and ask her some questions. Why do you think that I staying home would work for me? Yeah. You know? Um, are, do you have any questions? Ask her if she has any questions about AA. Mm-hmm. Maybe she's afraid. Uh, find out if she is afraid. What is she afraid of? And, um, you know, and then I think over time, too, your living experience... Um, will lessen that um, feeling for her, your mom. Mm-hmm. She, she will see that life is getting better for you. And so what? If you need to go two or three times a week uh, out to a, a meeting, uh, it's like, you know, if you're a diabetic, people wouldn't say, oh, well, just, you know, you can manage. You can manage. Just, right. <laughs> just take a half an insulin a week. Yeah. Don't take the yeah. full two shots Just eat a, a chocolate bar instead. And, then, and you <laughs> yeah. never have to take your, you know, your needles. No one would ever possibly think of saying something like that. Yeah. Or you have a nut allergy. Just maybe have peanuts. You know, stay away from those macadamia <laughs> nuts. Just have a couple peanuts. Just manage well. Um, yeah. Yeah. We All we have to do is accept it for ourselves. The most important and thing. And oftentimes the best way for me, not necessarily to shut it down, is if I don't need to prove anything to someone and I listen to what they have to say, I'll go, okay, yeah, that makes, I hear you. That makes mm-hmm. sense. I hear you. That's good. I don't yeah. have to. I was just going to say that you myself. don't need to debate. Um, you know, try to, uh, maybe it hurts you. Maybe it triggers you a little bit. Try not to be defensive um, and uh, see it as just somebody who cares about you. Uh, also, too, I think that um, sometimes people try to tell us what to do and they get a little bit jealous of AA because they wanted to fix us. And, and maybe they couldn't fix us. And they're wondering, like, I've seen that happen with um, other relationships uh, that I know where someone is getting well and the person, uh, their partner says, I tried for so long to help you and now you get sober? You know, what didn't I do? Maybe they feel like a failure. So loving compassion and... Uh, and loving detachment. Loving detachment. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Well, that is 15 minutes. So we'll do another. Do you want to do another question on the next podcast? Yeah, let's do them back to back. We'll end this one and jump into the next one. We are Two Sober Chicks, and we're so happy that you're joining us on our podcast. I'm Lisa. I'm Julie. Please join us again for the next podcast on Two Sober Chicks. Bye.